you know, once upon a time you went to a website and you said, hey, this is what I want. And then you got what you want. Was actually, was there that once upon a time or am I dreaming it up? <laughs> I'm frustrated, as you can see. I'm trying to find a good new email marketing tool. And I've gone to three, four such sites this morning. And they all are like, it's so overwhelming. They're just telling me so many things that they can do. But I, I'm just thinking, can you do the basic stuff? Like, can you get my emails across to more people easily? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's all I want to know. Yeah. And it's interesting you bring up email marketing because uh, when I think about the ecosystem in which they operate, right? So today they have to promise automation. They have to process, uh, promise A-B testing. They have to promise uh, the moon and the stars and then some, I guess, uh, because everyone else is doing that. And that's the domain in which they're kind of operating. But it's interesting that somewhere in doing all that, the most basic consumer need, which is to send emails with ease, seems to have gotten lost. And honestly, Subha, I don't know if I have a recommendation for you there because I was looking up MailChimp, ConvertKit and Omniscient. And all of them are saying different things, but I don't know if any of them really make a compelling use case in your case or mine for that matter. Yeah, like, um, you know, this whole kind of, see, I landed on some of these with some effort, right? I, I did a Google search uh, and I asked a few people and I made a list of three, four tools that others use i actually even looked at the emails that i got um and newsletters etc and tried to figure out which tool they've used right so i've put in the effort and, and then i'm landing on this page and it leaves me like wanting to just fly off from there immediately you just opened a can of worms so let's discuss that in a little more detail without going too gross Welcome to the Damn Good Marketing Podcast. Today, we are discussing the pages where we land, the landing pages. The utopian dream of every marketer is to convert everybody who lands on a landing page. But what does a landing page mean? What does conversion mean? And how do you measure and manage all of this when you also have a business to run? Let's discuss that. Yes, yes, let's please. Because, I mean... Now that you've called it out and it's about landing pages, it's a struggle for me too, for my for my business. Like, what is a landing page? Like, every page is a landing page, right? You can land on it, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in that sense, you should definitely be thinking about these pages in that context. Say, for example, your homepage is a landing page, right? Everybody is net-net going to land upon it at some point in time. Uh, any products, any solutions that you have on offer, say you have a nice little package for how your coaching sessions are offered, for example, that has to be showcased in a way that makes sense to somebody. I think the nuance that sometimes we miss when it comes to landing pages is that they can be consumed independently, right? And we always think that somebody coming to the page where, you know, maybe they'll read a case study, uh, maybe they'll be interested in my video, uh, but you have to work with the assumption that they will probably not be interested in any of those things. And if that was just the one piece of content they were looking at with no context, like you said, you could have landed up there from a Google search, right? It could have been a sponsored ad. And if what I was looking for and the ad and the page don't match each other, then I it doesn't matter what else I have to say because I'm already in trouble. Right. Say in your case, I'm assuming you Googled uh, easy to use email marketing tool. 
right? Correct. Easy to use email software, one of those things. Now, your ads will definitely say the easiest email software in creation, like, but the moment you land on the page, that promise is lost, right? And that's where I think landing pages become uh, a little bit of that beast that is difficult to rein in. Because as small businesses, there is only a limited amount of capacity in terms of development resources and tools, right? So you can't build a page for everything. It's as simple as that. So how do you still kind of, you know, make conversions work in that context, really? Yeah, because, uh, you know, the conversion, that, that's ultimately the goal, right? If I've um, got somebody who's taken the effort to find me and find my website and land on one of the pages or has been kind enough to click a link that I've shared somewhere, then uh, you want them to have the experience one that that's positive, et cetera, and tells them who you are. But you also, I think somewhere want that to convert into something meaningful and valuable for you and them. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I think uh, thinking is so much. And that's where I think thinking about it is so much more important than we give it uh, priority, right? In the sense that if I am a service provider, uh, and if I am a provider of services that are a little more uh, individually driven, like you, Subha, are a coach, right? Uh, if I work with you, it's probably going to be a long-term engagement. I want to know whether I'll find resonance with you, whether it's going to be a synergetic relationship in that sense. So what I am probably going to be looking for is social proof, right? Like what have other people who are serving in similar functions like me said about you? Uh, what experience do you bring? Do you do I see the gravity of what you're trying to do in the work that I'm consuming from you? So then I don't really see the need for a landing page that opens with unleash your full potential with the help of a coach. Yeah. Right. It's understood that that's what I'm trying to do. Right. Yeah. Then comes, OK, can I put the social proof? front and center can i put some of my past work uh, you know anonymized of course front and center but on the other end of that spectrum if you think about it other tech products the platforms you know they are all getting us to sign up uh, in in the sense that the landing page so to speak is serving as the salesperson right they have to do the job of selling right by the end of it the idea is that you've taken a demo or you've signed up for a free trial or whatever it is and that admittedly is a much harder uh, thing to do because from the beginning you have started at you know first there was Shantanu and then you have to like the whole epic has to kind of you know pan out in the span of that one landing page which is I think things start going south right because the temptation to say everything is very strong I find that yeah. to be like that's my biggest grouse with a lot of landing pages yeah yeah no, and it genuinely overwhelms. And like you said, if there's that big fat form, which uh, the worst type is when it comes as a pop-up, like they don't let you see anything else till yeah. you tell them, you know, who you are and where you were born and everything. Uh, or there's this kind of constant attempt to get you to sign up to something. Um, yeah. Without even letting me experience who you are, what you've done and why I like it should be good enough for me to search for that sign up or say, Correct. let me see a demo or you know, call yeah. me and let's talk or whatever it is. 
it exists it's just not intrusive really that's what and uh-huh. yeah you're right there are some contact forms which are longer than the page itself so <laughs> i mean that's definitely a no no i think don't put a contact form that requires you to fill as much detail as you would for an aadhar application is just not worth it yeah. uh, but also what you said is very interesting in terms of a lot of the copy that you put out there i think uh, it tries to tell you what you can expect right uh, analyze automate optimize uh, increase this uh, reduce that it's always that right but i do think that these are certain things that people should be given a chance to experience for themselves right me telling you subha writing three blogs is really going to change your life is probably not going to you know i have to show you i have to tell you that this is what happened in the past i have to you know maybe if it's a product especially give you a demo let you because a lot of times people are coming with certain baseline expectations today no like would you go to an email marketing tool and see whether they will allow you to upload a database in bulk like i would assume that that's the whole point <laughs> right yeah no very true that uh, a lot of things today have uh, become baseline and uh, very much hygiene factor correct um yeah and i think that that's important to remember that you also have to then keep uh, like like you said is there a good test for whether your landing mm. page copy is is making an impact like unleash your potential worked maybe 5 years ago right? yeah yeah Today, everybody is like just done and dusted with unleashing their potential so <laughs> what am i going to talk about what's that hook going to be today and what's the good test of that hook Sure. So there is a test, thankfully. Uh, it may or may not apply in all contexts and use cases. Again, we have to use these things with a little bit of discretion, I would say. Don't just apply it blanket to everything. But 70-80% of the time it works. And that is to, if you look at your headline, as soon as you land on a page uh, and you put three words in front of it before as a prefix, and that is now you can, then the headline. Now you can what? uh and it's quite surprising i don't know if it's a very b2b thing uh most companies fail this test uh because i was looking at examples uh i have been on the receiving end of a lot of product demos uh and i felt the pain that i think some of my clients experience as well and it's quite interesting because a lot of promises made are broken on the landing pages and the first place where it happens is actually that headline and i can't help but think what is the need to complicate it so much uh i was actually looking at a tool called uh, workable uh in the context of some research that we were doing and the headline says big ideas amazing talent the recruitment software that brings them together it's a good headline there's nothing wrong with it but it's not really telling me anything you know what i mean like okay i'm curious but so what right and the funny thing is right underneath they have a small subheader which says find and hire the right person for every job so that's a great now you can right now you can do this huh. like that's that's fundamentally why you have landed here and we can we can help you do that exactly right and i just think about the many different ways you can play with it right like obviously if you say find and hire uh, the right person for every job it's generic in the sense that it's very common to say that right so maybe you can even add a little bit of personality to it and that's where content becomes copy right you say for once find and hire the right person for every job right 
right? And people are reading it like that in their minds. It's not that we are just consuming mindlessly top to bottom. So yeah, I think the now you can test is definitely a good one, but it's also scary. The reason I say it has to be used with discretion is because it's not going to work unless you've already spent some time thinking about the customers, your audience, uh, what is the flow through which people are going to come land on this website uh, and how much context will they have before they get there? Like I would think that HR tech uh, is a crowded space, right? And there is enough and more and everyone's sol- trying to solve similar problems to some extent, especially on the recruitment side of things. So when you know that it's a crowded market, the likelihood is that people will come to you from review aggregators, People may come to you because they attended a forum where other HR tech presenters were also there. So when there's that much noise, keep it simple, really. Like just get down to the basics. No, no, I think this keeping it simple, um, there's this uh, need to show that you are in the business and you know you know the terminology and you know the acronyms but ultimately if let's say for the the mailchimps and the mailer lights and omnisense of the world a lot of small business owners small to medium business owners are your target market yeah yeah all right so when we land on your page if you throw a lot of jargon mm-hmm. you, know, you can you can double your abc with our xyz kind of stuff then <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know that I'm supposed to look at some of these metrics, right? right. So right. Uh, throwing the metrics as a selling point, then you've you've lost me there itself because you like you're an email marketing tool. Talk in plain English, and then when the person is getting more engaged and maybe looking at your pricing plan or looking for a demo or something else or looking at the uh, you know various functionalities that you offer then get into some of these important details i think we fall back on numbers so much because it's tempting to uh, be on the certainty bandwagon right like there's a in my mind a 30 percent improvement in existing processes is not something that you need to talk about on a landing page if you're not efficiently optimizing, then why are you even doing it? That's a product challenge. You really have to think about. But there are use cases where I would use numbers. Like if there is a tool that I can use uh, that will make me do something in days instead of months or weeks. That's a number that I want to put out there. right? If your numbers are in the high 90s, like 95% improvements, 96% improvements, and there are products that that have those kinds of numbers, then by all means have uh, a number, right? But numbers without context is just me filling the page up, like, you know, 3x faster. Uh, Somehow I've, I've, I've gotten, maybe it's a very individual thing as well, but I've gotten over, it's just not registering anymore. I think we are we are living in a world of too much noise. Yeah, too much data to process. And sometimes it, the numbers make you feel like uh, what they're showing you is either much smaller than you are or much bigger than you are. And so they're not the right. Exactly. Part. right. So that's where you have to tell the story. Like it's not okay anymore to just throw three numbers at somebody and say, okay, this is our social proof. No. How are those three numbers happening? What are you doing that's making that happen, right? And that's the story that a landing page really, I mean, see, when done well, it is a powerful tool, right? Like you've cohesively told a story, you've done the four or five things that you need to do uh, to get it to a logical conclusion, then it's a it's a good investment. And that's why people spend so much. And also operationally, uh, landing pages 
are created specific usually to every campaign, every paid ad that you run. So in your examples of the easiest email marketing tool should ideally be leading to a different uh, landing page than email marketing tool for 2000 plus subscribers, because those are two very different needs and contexts, right? And therefore you have a separate page built for each of those uh, contexts. Yeah. Correct. So each of those becomes uh, the, in a way, the critical landing page for that use case, you know, the person who right. will land there. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, no, that makes sense. Then um, it it doesn't seem like it should be too difficult, but I feel like uh, too many landing pages just fail in so many ways, right? Uh, yeah. So what are, what are some of the kind of top few big do nots that you generally see do nots okay <laughs> top few big do nots that's going to be difficult because there are a lot of top many do nots uh but i'm just thinking uh if you are very heavy especially on the paid campaign side since that's what we are talking about uh keep adding and retiring landing pages all the time mm-hmm. stay on top because you don't want to have created 2 300 of them and they're just floating around the internet being ghosts uh well after they've served their purpose uh, that would be on the slightly more technical side of things, but more basic, even if you had, you know, two or three pages. Optimize for the customer. Think about where are the two, three places that they're coming in from, right? And don't, I think you asked me for don'ts and I'm telling you the do special. <laughs> like, don't uh, make promises that are too basic, no? I mean, it should feel like... Um... You're worth the effort, you know, to scroll, subscribe. Yeah. Look at yeah, like I'm just thinking, uh, and again, this is a mistake that a lot of service businesses seem to make because our proof is in the operations, no? We don't have much to showcase upfront. Like, I mean, if I had to make a sales pitch to you, then the best I can do is tell you about past case studies, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, and therefore, without that proof of concept, I think we fall back on things like uh, high performance teams, uh, efficient operations. I mean, my thinking is that without them anyway, there's no business. With with a low performance team, there's no. Yeah, no. yeah. And 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 the high performance team and an efficient process and the, uh, you know those are good for you. But and what's in it for me? Will, but yeah, what's in it for the to be customer? Yeah. So I think that's where another simple test that can be applied is as opposed to what. So if you have a features list of 10 things, uh, Mm -hmm. just read it out and say as opposed to what. Right. Oh, wow. And very quickly, five, six will go out. Right. And the remaining three, four are probably actually worth spending time on and kind of espousing. And we've done that. We've done that so many times in so many workshops because that uh, I think. And this is where I am going to also air one of my pet peeves is that don't, uh, if you've hired an expert to write your copy, then don't uh, mess with their process. Like <laughs> They've done it multiple times. Uh, you're bringing them in for that objectivity, first and foremost, right? So if they are telling you that this is not important enough to put on a homepage, then they're probably right, right? The other, uh, so how do you do it? Now that's a don't, but if you had to, you know, gun to head, give feedback on uh, a landing page, I think just try and put a friend next to yourself and let them navigate it, let them see, experience it and make notes, right? So when someone who's completely away from the context, but is somehow relevant, like don't find completely random friends, but someone who may potentially use that service at some point, 
and if they were reading it they and how do they navigate it like are they able to reach the right sections are they completely skipping through some of the sections that you thought were important uh just doing that exercise can sometimes be very illuminating i find no i think uh, getting a lot of feedback in the early stages is important like you said someone who has some connection or some interest or even knowledge of what you're uh, yeah. trying to put out there because um, i think you're probably beyond the point of just feedback for the sake of feedback you're saying hey if you were a potential customer and you landed here uh, what would you think how would you act what would you do and what is missing for you right and i think for for all of you know for our websites and the various versions that we've held in the past uh, that's been very useful to say hey when you land here what did you think what do you think i offer or what yeah, do you think so true. um yeah. what do you think i don't do or who do you think is my audience right somebody i think landing pages what you started out saying that the simplicity is just so important Uh, true and you will be surprised by some of the feedback that you get that's what that's why i find so much value in showing it to the world outside because when we launched uh, the website for motley crew we were obviously very proud of it and we built it in house and we done it in 4 days which is record time for a website uh and then somebody did get back and say that maybe you are highlighting the wrong thing uh in terms of the industry font was a lot bigger than the service font so if it said brand strategy manufacturing the manufacturing was just visually bigger and brand strategy was smaller and mm-hmm. i would never have spotted that like i'm eternally grateful to the person who came up and said that because we are not highlighting the manufacturing we are highlighting the brand strategy side of things right mm-hmm. and just by switching up those two things it made such a difference i mean i could see it immediately after we made the change so it is important to kind of have that outside in perspective uh also not from too many people but like some people <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no it has to be no that me that makes sense um okay so then assume i kind of go and re look at my pages figure out you know what my landing page should look like what it what's the call to action etc then yeah. what can be my realistic expectation you know how, how well because you know kind of going back to our email bit we know that you know you're lucky if uh, uh, you get a click rate or, of in the you know low 20s right for most yeah. industries right so in landing pages what could be a realistic expectation of the kind of action folks will take I think you do want them to fill a form or you want them to get in touch with you somehow. Some people do encourage newsletter signups as well especially if it's a very early interaction. Uh no one's going to fill a form and say okay hey I'm ready for this, right? Uh so in those cases maybe you may want to take them to a different content piece, nurture them, engage them somehow. Uh realistic expectation to be honest, uh it's different from industry to industry. uh you can only benchmark it against the standard that your competitors already are at uh and i would look at uh, how do i get there right so you've built a new shiny landing page you probably changed a lot of design elements uh always test one thing at a time so don't change the headline and the call to action and the placement of you know various elements so if you do all this and something works you don't know what worked right so might as well just do one thing at a time or even ab test you know have one headline uh, in one version and one headline in a different one see if that makes a difference 
put your calls to action in different places, highlight them in different ways, see if that works. Uh, and you do have to continuously test. And also it's a very dynamic thing just because it worked today doesn't mean it will work tomorrow uh, because the more fatigued people get, right? And this is true of this industry itself in the sense that if I've seen the same thing in 10 places, then the novelty is lost, right? So I'm always kind of, I'm going to have to run that race in terms of keeping up with uh, new trends or even being the trendsetter in some ways. So interestingly, when we built an entire web, uh, website and it was full of landing pages for solutions, for platforms, uh, for a B2B tech product, uh, the highest amount of conversion we got from was from the Typeform chat. And I know exactly why as well, uh, because yes, the website did its job. It was a very compelling story. So all that layering had happened. Uh, the first question that we put on the type form wasn't, hey, what's your name? Like lots of people open with what's your name? What's your email address? But we just said, hey, what are you here for today? And then we gave people three very distinct options to choose from. Now, how do you put those three options? Because you've known, you've spent enough time in sales calls, you've spent enough time getting to know the customer. So you know exactly what kinds of questions they have on their minds. And that's the reason why conversion was uh, frankly wildly better than I had expected and it was fully organic. So that was a huge uh, win. No, makes sense. I think uh, it's going to be a bit of trial and error, right? I think we have to be ready for that too. That you have to mm -hmm. keep seeing what's uh, bringing it in, what's attractive to your audience, and and that itself may change. Like um, today, uh, we were talking about the email tool sites, right? Like there's yeah. some basic expectations, and then you want maybe certain kind of automation, and uh, maybe you wanted it to write the email for you, right? That's also <laughs> eventually, <laughs> yeah, that's very possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, to be able to uh, keep up with the times and it's the landing page is definitely not a permanent page. Definitely not. And that's why you have so much leverage to play around with it, right? So go crazy. I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, at, at lower expenses. Sounds good. Let me try out a few of these things for my next, uh, you know, event. Now it's time for the much-awaited topic, Al. So things are getting a little exciting in the AI space, I hear, Hasita. And uh, now I'm I'm getting excited. Like, can these email tools or whoever or whatever uh, actually write out a lot of content for me, uh, especially if these emails, cold call emails that I just don't want to write? They can. And that's just the TLDR reality of it all, right? Like they actually can. I have been surprised by the capabilities of this new tool that's kind of taking LinkedIn by storm. It's called ChatGPT. Uh, and, you know, it's one thing to churn out content. It's completely another to contextualize it and add a bit of nuance to it, which it's doing so well. Uh, I just... I mean, I can't say, I can't believe it. This was a future. It's been coming for a while now. It's not that, you know, suddenly there's a chat GPT out there today. Uh, but it's it's exciting times, I think, for everyone in the copy and content uh, spaces. Uh, one way to look at it, of course, is that it'll take away a lot of jobs. And probably, I mean, if an AI tool can do what a human being does in five minutes, would you still work with a human being, right? Like, I know for a fact that I wouldn't. Uh, but that said... <laughs> But that said, I've been on the writing side of things. And I, as you know, I still write landing page copy myself for uh, a lot of clients that we work with. Uh, and I found that to be an extremely illuminating uh, experience because the other day we were, we are working with an AI ML client 
and i was kind of struggling to uh, you know uh, write some of their headlines because it just it was not feeling very natural to me it was not feeling very organic uh, and then i just put in two three prompts i started playing with this tool uh, and i put in a prompt saying explain uh, you know ml ops to me uh, in as simple a language as possible and the two uh, the response that i got it literally opened with most ml models never make it to production which i thought was such an on point problem statement that it had captured so i took that and i then immediately changed it to the most revolutionary ml model maybe sitting on a shelf right now mm-hmm. and i see that that's such a cohesive way of human machine interactions uh, and i'm so excited for what else is possible because it's already like brainstorming with another person in the room so it's all very exciting yeah yeah no it just uh... i think if you look at it that way if you have that perspective that it's not like uh, many times we think of it as i've outsourced my writing to somebody yeah uh, yeah not even somebody i have something right it's not not even a person and so then you have a lot of apprehensions and you even talk to it very differently but yeah. if you think of it as another person in the room because that thing has learned from people and people yeah, yeah. Um, and know, that's very valuable yeah you'll have a lot uh, one your outlook really does become a little more positive and hopeful and mm. uh, you could have i think a more valuable conversation with that thing tool or that platform thing slash person is pretty much what it is uh, so this particular processor is called davinci <laughs> and i quite like that everyone in ai is trying to humanize it as much as possible so that yeah. we don't absolutely freak out at the possibilities that it presents yeah no i think a lot of these uh, names are meant to make us feel like you can trust it right like dali and now davinci yeah yeah There like oh i'm i'm brainstorming with davinci can you imagine like it's just, it's a nice way of thinking about it and also see as a you know business owner you have to write brief documents you were talking about blogs earlier right mm-hmm. in fact it could be such a nice way of outsourcing because now you're using a tool like this to also prompt some thought in terms of hey give me a positive take on xyz and then mm-hmm. hey give me a negative perspective on xyz and you read all that and you suddenly have enough content to give someone a good brief right you can even say hey i kind of came across these various different opinions and this is how i feel about it and therefore can you please help me write something on those lines and then please tell the other person also that there's a tool involved so that they can also use it and come up with some you know and people are just having so much fun with it people are rapping like eminem uh people are you know talking like uh, jane austen all sorts of uh, interesting use cases are showing up yeah i think truly truly uh, interesting times we have to move with it uh, yeah i think there are a lot of uh, content kind of generate there's a lot of content generation that even today is happening um, using maybe more simplistic versions of such mm-hmm. tools right which um, you know we've tried a few which you give a topic and it gives you a kind of an outline or yeah yeah so to be honest i so to be honest i've actually never found a lot of value in them uh, i mean they do a lot of the research the heavy listing they lifting they write the intros the uh, conclusions and things but somehow and in fact one of the tools i tried is called javis uh, and the reason i paid for it is because that's iron man's butler 
uh, I literally just signed up for that one reason and that one reason only. And it was actually a very disappointing experience. But this is open source. This is just free. I mean, anybody can go. We should add a link in the show notes, in fact, you know, so that you can, everybody can just play around with it. Uh, and you can do it on your laptop. You can do it on your uh, mobile phones. Uh, and sometimes it's just nice to know that you're not in a black box, you know, like it's it's nice to be able to have something else where you're bouncing off ideas. And if, you know, humans and machines can achieve that together, I see that as an absolute win. Yeah, that's not true. I mean, we can all, like it takes a village and let this thing Let be this be the village, village, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it's learned enough for several villages. So might as well just use it, uh, everything that it's learned. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm going to throw you a challenge. Maybe you try and see if you can have one paragraph in the show notes written by. Oprah. Yeah, why not? That would be so interesting. We should try that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Catch you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode on all things landing pages, copy, conversion copy, copy minus conversion and all sorts of weird and wonderful combinations. We do hope this episode has been helpful in terms of getting you thinking about landing pages. The subject itself is extremely vast and diverse. Uh, and the truth is that to make one landing page work, you need a team of experts, UX designers, developers, content people, copy people, business perspective, insight, analytics, so much of it. But there are ways to simplify. Uh, some easy ways to build landing pages will be linked in the show notes as well. And if you have any questions for us, you do know where to find us. Do give our podcast a follow and see you next time. Bye.